This is a special episode because it's Brent's last episode until he's in the studio for a bit. I, mm. I was being really dramatic there, but yeah, he's getting last on the road. episode for now. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you packing your bags? Brent, oh, it's still packed waiting? from the last trip. I just got to grab it and go, you know, <laughs> do a little laundry and I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That's the best yeah, way of doing it. You can just do laundry when you get here, right? That's like, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's <laughs> got to keep that thing running. You just want to get everything washed before the meetup. That's the only gotcha. That's you true. Know? That's true. Actually, the worst part is undoing, you know, my desk with all the like dongles and stuff to bring my laptop with me. That's usually right. like the most effort. <laughs> you need a dongle go pouch. Oh. This is something yeah. while I was traveling I created with just like a little Basically something for probably your toiletries, but I just dumped all that crap out. <laughs> Who needs know? that? And I put like my dongles and my chargers in there. And so I just have the dongle go bag and I just put that in the backpack. It's a good and idea. Everything's there. It's nice. It's just got to have, that just means you got to buy two of all your chargers and stuff. But, you know, you do it once and it lasts forever. It, you probably already have three or four of those chargers. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it's office hours with me, Chris. Well, hello, friends. Welcome into Office Hours, the show that just won't die because Brent won't let me kill it. Hello, Brentley. Hello. Hello, sir. And that voice you heard earlier, that's our Linux podcasting friend from the Tux Digital Network, Mr. Michael Tunnell. Hello, Michael. Good to have you back. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's been a minute. It has. I think about a year or so. So that's way too long. I can't believe we've been doing the show for this long. I, I just... Honestly, I would have had you back, but I thought I would would have canceled the show by now. But <laughs> here I am. Here we are still going. We're still going. It's so much fun. There's a lot to do. All the other shows you have to take so seriously, and this one we can screw around. <laughs> That's the best kind. You know, we got the most mind-blowing feedback on the show a couple of weeks ago. And people that maybe tuned into, was it two episodes ago? They might remember a story Brent told where on his drive to and from the studio, he stopped off at this beautiful spot along the Columbia River to really take the scenes in. And while he was out there having a serene, peaceful, meditative-like moment, some hard American steel came flying overhead at unbelievable speeds and nearly blew him over. And now we actually know the story behind it, don't we? You know, sometimes we get these messages and it just blows us away. And Ginger messaged me on Matrix, I guess it's a couple weeks now, and said, hey, Brent, i heard you mentioned a low-flying jet flying down the Columbia River near the I-90 bridge and the Wild Horse Monument. And that bridge is totally worth going across. Super awesome. Uh, it says, that was an EA-18G, that jet. <laughs> and uh, it's based on the uh, NAS Whidbey Island in Puget Sound. And I fly them previously as an active duty for 14 years and now as a reservist going on three. Anyway, that's part of a well-established low-level route that's been used for years and years out of Whitby, going all the way back to at least the Vietnam era. The route ends back in the Cascades near Arlington. It's one of the best low-level routes in the country. And in fact, a good portion of Top Gun 2 was filmed on the back half, weaves through those mountains. Anyway, since you mentioned it, I thought I'd give you a little background and context. I've flown that route hundreds of times, and it's pretty amazing. We'll have in the notes some cockpit video of the route, and it is some serious Top Gun stuff. Oh, and there's Baker. So this is my backyard. This guy is basically zipping around in a fighter jet in my stomping grounds. Oh, my God, I've always dreamed of something like this. He's just whipping <laughs> around these mountains that I have to drive around like some sort of pleb. Oh, 
Well, beautiful, beautiful. You mentioned that the route ends uh, near Arlington. So, I mean, that's literally yeah. your backyard. That's why there's so many planes going over the studio. Yeah. Yeah. This is So this is just so random. We were just telling a story about how Brent got buzzed by a fighter jet on the highway one day. And a listener not only caught that, but has flown that very route themselves yeah. and, and and then shows us the video of it. It's uh, <laughs> we have the best <laughs> what a small world sometimes. <laughs> and also, Chris, we're only mentioning it now because it took you and I like two weeks to figure out where we had mentioned the right. story. <laughs> yeah. We had to put the math together and figure out like, I know we show, we told this story. Which show did we respond yeah. to? <laughs> wow. They're just, he's just flying right alongside the mountains. It's, could you imagine something like that? It's everything that Top Gun makes it look like. Oh yeah, that's well. I've been paragliding, so I can start to imagine it. But man, you're oh sure you're going super fast in those things too, right? Yeah. Oh, stupid RV, stupid cars. <laughs> you just need wings. I've been telling you that for years. Yeah. You're right. You're right. We'll have a link in the uh, show notes. I didn't even know that kind of thing was going on in my own backyard. Now, I, now I find out they're top gunning it. Wasted my life. What a waste. <laughs> what could have been. <sighs> What could have been? Imagine podcasting from one of those things. I'm sure the noise would be a little rough, though. Yeah, one of those videos just has cockpit sound, and it's mm-hmm. it's the worst white noise you could ever fall asleep to. Podcasting at 5Gs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mic's getting ripped away from your face, the headphones. <laughs> Wires jamming up the controls. What could go wrong? Laptop not working properly. Uh, so... We're gathered here today to kind of just sort of share our perspective on the remainder of the podcasting market over this year, Uh, because Michael's been a longtime Linux podcaster. We've been kind of covering this meta story on Office Hours for a while, and it seems like a lot of things are kind of lining up. And um, I'll put, again, notes, links, all that stuff. But the short version is that ad sales in the podcast space seem to be dropping off a cliff. Um, it's generally one of the first thing that gets cut back on. It's a discretionary spend. So, you know, a company can choose kind of electively when they're going to stop spending on something. There's not a lot of things in business you can do that. Not salaries, not property, right? Not product investment, but marketing. You can kind of just cut arbitrarily. And so it, it really responds fast to a, to a bad market. And um, it would seem that statistically things are not looking very great. In fact, Advertising's kind of fallen off a cliff. And another interesting parallel is new podcast creation is also falling off a cliff, perhaps related because there's less money out there. And we'll have some links in the notes. But one of the things, Michael, that really surprised me was if you look at this data and, you know, all data has to be somewhat looked at skeptically. But if you look at this data, podcasts that are that started in 2019 and older are dropping like flies. Mm. There's a lot of podcasts around that were started in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 starts to drop off. But when you get to 2019, 2018, the podcasts are just dying. Huge numbers. I think that's more of like the amount of effort put into a podcast is going to be a lot higher than people expected. And over the, the amount of time that this has been, they pod fade. maybe people, yeah, they're just kind of fading off and not wanting to do it anymore. And I also think it's because of the amount of people who created podcasts during 2020. It was so drastic that the numbers were just kind of skewed in that sense. Yeah. A real boom rally with all the work from home. Oh yeah. Yeah. So kind of a natural correction perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I wonder if that's not what we're seeing here in general. 
you know, like Brent and I were joking ahead of time, but there's just been literally a podcast for everything out there. And there's so many of them. Oh, yeah. Like I wanted to go listen to uh, a podcast for a road trip one time. And it's like, you, you have a hard time if you're going into a new genre of even knowing what's a decent, you have to listen to like four or five podcasts to even figure out what's a good one or not. And it just seems unsustainable. And then again, like with advertising, like if all these advertisers are out there on these podcasts that don't last or they're not doing well, it seems like that's going to hurt the advertising market. Then you combine that with a slowdown and we kind of have this perfect recipe for what kind of feels like a bit of a, a podcast winter setting in. And not that like all podcasts are going to die, but to me, it feels like it's getting a little more grim. Like we are definitely going to see a, a thinning of the herd. I'm wondering if you have similar instincts. I think there's going to be a thinning of the herd, but I think it's because of just the natural order of things. So mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of 2020, there was a weird dichotomy of a ton of new podcast podcasts being made and also a lot of people limiting their amount of podcast consumption due to the lack of commuting and that sort of stuff. And I also think there's a, a percentage that kept that lingering on. So they lowered their amount of consumption and got used to that. So I think that there's a combination of those two things happening at the same time, creating this seemingly drastic change, but not really all that drastic in my opinion. And I also think that the saturation of the market is probably the biggest factor of what makes it seem like there's so much drop off because with 2020 having so many new podcasts and a lot of those now seeing the fact that they don't really want to continue and also the same thing going on with the future, because a lot of times people would see like these videos on YouTube of how to get started with podcasting and like the top five things to do as a podcaster, but at the same time, not really tell them that if you aren't committed to this medium, it's going to be very difficult to do it. And I think that there's even a statistic of saying like, if you don't get past seven episodes, then the podcast is just doomed. Interesting. Yeah. And, and also like sometimes based on the, the amount of saturation that happened, that number is even dropped down to as low as three in some cases. But seven is like a guarantee. If they don't get past that, it's not going to happen. And I think that there's a lot of people like creating podcasts and then dropping off very quickly in that sense. But we were talking about the whole like a podcast for everything. Mm -hmm. there's, there's something that made me curious about looking it up, not just now, but in the, in the past. I was curious about like, are there still arcades? Do people have a podcast about arcades? And how far can you go with this? And I okay. went, it went so far as I found a podcast that is about hobbyist building of pinball machines. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> that goes pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some of these are like, okay, what could they have 10 listeners? But some of them, they, they find a niche, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's sure. one of the beautiful things about podcasts is you can create a niche. The question, I suppose, for us just becomes, how do you make that sustainable? You know, if you've got 10 listeners, then is it worth the time to do it for five years or whatever, right? And is it okay for podcasts to end after three years or two years or something? So so I think that's the real question is like, how do you keep it going? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a hobby for some. And like, that's, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really so worried about those. I'm worried about the ones that did find their niche, built a little bit of a small business around it. And that small business is maybe, you know, providing a couple of jobs and that kind of stuff. I think those are going to be the hardest hit over the remainder of this year and into early next year. 
like over summer into fall, uh, the end of this quarter, even, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of damage to that. And that concerns me because I feel like that's where some of the best podcast content comes from is that kind of scale operation where you got a group of people who are really focused on a particular topic and it's kind of what all they think about. And it's a small team, like with a little LLC or a small business behind it. And that's what they do. Like, it's kind of like what we do and it's what Michael does and our friends like Joe, Joe do and others out there and other content creators that are running these kind of almost micro businesses. And, um, that I'm, I'm a little more apprehensive. Like it's not quite hobby. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not overly professionally done. So it's not like financed by a radio station or a larger company. that's just going to eat the losses. What are your thoughts along those lines, Michael? I think that's an interesting point because there's the extremes of massiveness of a podcast network. And then there's also the lower level of like a hobbyist thing. And what is the, and usually the effect in this kind of situation is in the middle ground. Like how far, how large of a project or how large of a network do you need to have to sustain those kinds of issues? And there, there is definitely some level of pullback in the tech world for sure. You know, like if you're a, like we're in the space of tech media and there is a pullback of these tech companies that we, everybody has probably noticed of laying off people or pulling back spending in various different things. And I mean, that started in like late 2022 and it's just kind of continued on, you know, as of now. So I don't really know exactly. Obviously there's just, this is just a prediction thing, but I think that it's going to write itself. I think it's going to have a little bit of a period of time where there's going to be some pain felt by pretty much every space, as long as you're in the middle ground and lower. But I also think that it's going to correct itself because of there's going to be a lot more people who are not fully committed giving up. And then the people who are fully committed are going to sustain through this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I remember too is JB was here during the 2008 uh, financial collapse. And at first it was negative in ad sales. But as the time just sort of went on, things, you know, just kind of didn't really recover, but it was sort of normalized. I seem to recall, at least, a lot of advertisers that were traditionally radio and television advertisers started coming to podcasting because they wanted to still reach an audience. They just didn't want to spend as much money because they still right. got a product to sell. And so I think maybe it could even be positive long term for podcasting for everybody who hangs on. It makes it does. You know, it makes me glad that uh, we've developed these hybrid models like you guys have with Patreon. Oh, you know, where you do have some, you know, you have some alternative income that's not just sponsor based. And I think those are probably folks that are going to probably survive the best is some sort of value for value or Patreon model that is sustainable. And then on the other end of it, you know, it could be like a podcast spring again, hopefully. I think it's interesting because you bring up the idea of like the different revenue streams, basically. And when it comes to business and marketing, this is something that you know, if you've never been in a, in like a business class for those who are listening, um, the, one of the most important things, not, not necessarily one one or whatever, but in terms of business classes, the first thing they tell you is to have more than one revenue stream. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, as they say. And this is a very good example of why this is important because if sponsors drop off, if you have other revenue streams, it won't hurt as much. 
But of course, it's going to be something that you'd have to put into like put into play very quickly. You know, if you don't have, if you only have one path, you need to uh, diversify uh, immediately. But for the people who are doing stuff where like you have a value for value or you have Patreon related stuff or you have like even just affiliate marketing or something like that, even that sort of thing is a, is a good benefit to have. But more importantly, to have all of those things at once is really going to have sustainability over the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And, and start figuring those out, you know, start thinking about that now. And hopefully this episode kind of serves as a reminder. If you, if you have some sort of internet-based business, now is probably the time to start sorting through those details. It's something we're thinking about. And uh, yeah, I, I, am, I am hopeful, long-term, concerned, short-term, and worried that some of my favorite podcasts may, may have some troubles, but we'll see. We just don't know until we get there. Maybe things turn out fine. I'm grateful for the, you know, for the support and the sponsors that the podcasts do get. Like that's been, it's been really great. And the last few years have been really good for podcasting. And so that's been nice to see. Now I just feel like we're bracing for another phase, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just going to be different. And there's just going to be a different way of managing it. And, you know, we just don't know the scope of that yet. Do you think it offers an opportunity to have those sponsors just be involved in a different way? You know, it's been kind of the same yeah, way maybe for different a long types time. of deals. Yeah. Is, mm -hmm. is there like some new ways of doing it that can be approached? Sure. Yeah. The host reads a pretty tried and true format, but I could see other types of things, one off or more short term, yeah, maybe sure. or limited range or event specific with things like Linux Fest Northwest. You can see that. We could also do like a Mr. Beast style where you do something incredibly ex extravagant and uh, have the sponsors cover it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you could do something wild that you wouldn't normally be able to afford to do, but yeah. Wings on yeah, Lady Jubes, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not sure how practical that is, but you know. <laughs> what we need is like some really rich Linux, uh, wait, uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's going to be tricky. But let's say thanks to Linode at linode.com slash Jupiter. Linode is a fantastic supporter of the Linux podcast space. And uh, if you're thinking, gosh, I just love all the shows, well, head over to linode.com slash Jupiter and get $100 60-day credit, kick the tires, really try it out. And they have fantastic, fantastic documentation. And I'm going to link in the show notes this breakdown and introduction to serverless. It's actually a topic that's come up on Coder Radio a couple of times recently. So why not get a nice, clean, solid introduction? And they got the diagrams, they got the charts, it's all right here, super easy, get access to that. And then while you're there, you go to slash Jupiter, you get the $100, you try something out. They have a really simple, straightforward, all-in-one NextCloud deployment. If you're ready to replace Zoom with Jitsi, they got a deployment for that. Maybe you just need a blog or a portfolio. You can run on one of their NAND nodes, 30 to 50% cheaper than the hyperscalers out there. They want to lock you into those crazy platforms and restrict what you can do on the system. It just doesn't make any sense. But Linode does. Linode.com slash Jupiter. Hmm. I've been playing around uh, with uh, easy stable diffusion, which is an all-in-one to get the stable diffusion stuff going. Threw that on Linode with an eight-core CPU, and it auto-detects, oh, this is a CPU-based system, not a GPU-based system, and it loads everything to do that, and it'll just do it across all the cores. It's a fun way to, you know, if you're going to get the $100 credit, that's a fun way to, nice. to use it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, well, let's get into some of our boosts this week, and feel free to chime along as, uh, chime along as we go, Michael. Chime along. I like that saying. Boostagram. We got 5,000 sats from Bunt. I've been listening to the uh, Jupiter pods for a few months, and I never thought to ask, 
but what is the origin of the officehours.hair domain? <laughs> I've never even heard of a dot .hair domain before. I know this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I'm not sure about well, the, if it really relates to it, but I think going back a few years, there's always there has been a, a meme about Chris's hair. <laughs> that's probably true. That is, yeah, and it is in the picture that these the still art. So that, I think that's definitely an influence. And then I don't think I was aware of dot hair domains until I went to find a domain for office hours. And then I did that thing where like you look at all the different var- variations mm-hmm. of the TLDRs that you could use the TL- TLDs you could use, and um, I couldn't find anything funnier than hair. Like every time I read the hair domain, I laughed, and I thought, well, that's <laughs> that's got to be it. I mean, it's dot hair. It's so funny dog.hair that's funny well and i think right? podcast.hair i think in the, we made a mistake in calling the show something extremely generic and then and then fixed that mistake by finding a tld that was super <laughs> memorable <laughs> true probably the worst podcast name ever but <laughs> that that does help lurks a lot's a maniac yeah he sent a, a series of late boosts which which stacked up to about 4011 sats and he, sir, sir lurks a lot's going to be at our meetup it looks like mm, i too. can't wait that's great I am really looking forward to that. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, he writes, I love the show. It's a great place for the meta discussion about JB and running the podcast biz and podcast podcasting 2.0 and the website projects and all the like. Um, you can really rally the troops for projects and feature some top contributions. Well, sir, lurks like you're a top contributor. I enthusiastically geek out on the new developments. Albie wallets are great and easy for getting people on board. The best part is when you're ready, you can connect Albie to your own self custodied lightning node or your own self hosted node but you'll absolutely don't have to in order to get started. I just love streaming them sats and boosting. I also love to stack them. Sir Lurkslot at getalby.com is my Alby wallet address. Yeah, so they're making this now so easy. There's different uh, URL services that make it essentially a, a lightning address is formatted like an email address. So you can send sats to Sir Lurkslot at getalby.com. And the sys, as long as the client you're using knows about how the LN URL structure works. You don't have to do these long, complicated addresses anymore, right? These long keys, that's gone now with that, which you knew was going to happen eventually, right? It's just nice to see. Lurks wraps up with, I've been on Podverse for a while now. One thing I liked about Fountain.fm, though, was that I could actually see other people's boosts in the app, and then I could boost back to them, and I could also like their comments. I can't even see my own boosts in Podverse. I think raising the vis- visibility of boosts in the apps the way Fountain does, and providing a boost back mechanism to boost the booster is really an outstanding feature. And I'd love to see it become more universal with some sort of boost back fight field in the podcasting show spec. Maybe I should talk to Podverse. Well, Lurks, so what is being kicked around, we'll see, is either an IRC chat tie-in or some sort of activity pub universal comments that it's a standard format that all the apps can use. Or there's even discussion of something that's potentially Noster-powered, sort of an ephemeral chat room that's attached to a specific episode. It's not posted on Noster, but it's just kind of using that back-end technology to generate an ID and then create chat rooms that spin up when you start the show. The chat room exists during the show. And then when the show's done, that chat room shuts down and then it's available in a JSON format. And then you can put that in your show notes. You could, in theory, build a player that could play back the, uh, the comments like YouTube does. Like when you're watching a YouTube live stream and you can have the comments play back in sync with the video, that would be possible with the system they're looking at doing. And, then, and the thing that's compelling about it is it's all free software. It's all just standard stuff. It's not like 
any particular platform where you have to use their API. Or it's, it'd just all be open. And then the podcast apps would just implement it. But cross-app comments has been one of the biggest areas of, I think, development debate in the podcasting 2.0 community. And speaking of that, Dave Jones, the PodSage, boosts in with 10,000 beautiful sats. Says, I wrote down a ton of ideas listening to the last episode. One is in addition to the value block spec that I'm going to propose this week. Thanks, guys. Huh. That's great. I'd to love hear. to know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been some great idea you had, Brent. I don't, I don't know about that one. I it mean, I'll, take the, well, I'll take the credit, but unlikely. The idea of the comments going across the network or the different applications is a necessity. Like if you don't yeah. have this interconnection, it's just not going to work because people aren't going to know where to go to do the comments. The kind of realization I had recently when I started looking at this podcasting Toronto stuff is the real goal is to just bring in functionality that we as podcasters have always sent people to websites for, like watch our live stream over at Twitch and get in the chat room over here. And you know um, what it does is it brings it all like the boost too. That's a button in the app to send a boost. You don't have to go to like our contact page. And we found we get a lot more engagement when the buttons are right there by the play button. And the idea is, okay, well let's do this in a standardized way, in an open source way. And I love that idea. It's just taking forever to get consensus, as you can probably imagine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Alex Gates comes in, the podcasting 2.0 consultant with 2,456 hats. So, so here's a quick thought on the peer tube seating you guys have been talking about. So we've been talking about this little Python script that an awesome listener created that helps reseed headlessly our peer tube stream to kind of create a quasi CDN that people could spin up on their spare VPS or home system or whatever. He says though, be aware peer tube intentionally limits and randomizes the available peers per client to reduce the ability for an attacker to grab all the IP addresses. I don't know how this will affect geo-based seeding peers. It might be worth talking to the peer tube devs about optionally modifying the seed behavior in the instance settings. Fascinating. Interesting. Huh. Mm. I didn't even know that PeerTube did that. You, it would make sense though, right? Mm-hmm. You want to kind of provide some privacy for everybody watching. Oh, yeah. Seems like a feature we actually want. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how to solve that one in a way that doesn't does compromise something else. <laughs> Security versus convenience. Yep, that old one. I wonder if it doesn't totally make it worthless like perhaps even if you could only seed a little it's still helpful no this is this is only a problem if you if you have a very small number of seeders if you have a large number of seeders then the problem goes away right um so it kind of relies on there being a minimum number of people to randomize across mm-hmm. so, that's so i think really the solution is just we need more more seeders that that's what you're saying right mm-hmm. people need to watch long yeah now, Bitcoiner comes in. I mentioned last episode that uh, I'm going to visit El Salvador in early November. Never been there. I think the only other country I've traveled to is Canada. I'm honored. Well, Mexico. Mexico, probably, actually. But Mexico and Canada. But, you know. So, uh, yeah, I had to come try to find Brent. Never found him. I don't actually think he's in Canada. But Who's to know? Took a trek anyways. But Bitcoiner writes for 2,100 sats. I visited El Salvador earlier this year. And I'm going to go again in May to look for a winter retreat and a plan B in case where I live gets worse. <laughs> oh, man. Especially for Bitcoin promoters. I want to run some online Bitcoin services from El Salvador as well. I would look at the San Blas to El Zante for other Bitcoin expats. Oh, okay. And he says uh, Money Delix on YouTube is a good contact as well. Great. Thank you. And two people in paradise, Nikki and James. Thank you. I was asking for some people I could get a hold of just to kind of get a lay of the land. I'd love to do some interviews with people doing tech down there. 
Uh, and then he continued with another boost, 2,101 sats. He also recommends Jeremy from EscapeElSalvador.com. Escape to El Salvador. Yeah, that's that first part, that little two part is very important. Yeah, yeah it's like, what? Yeah. Uh, he says it's really helpful for getting started and settled. And uh, if you're looking to get a worker's residency. Well, I'm not. But, you know, if I fall in love with the place, you never know. Finally, oh, this is huge. There's a Telegram group which might be helpful for English speakers going to El Salvador. Well, yes. That is uh, t.me slash Bitcoin El Salvador E-N. All one word. Good luck. And perhaps I'll see you in La Liberate one day. Well, thank you. That is really useful info, especially that Telegram group and uh, those names. You know, it's so strange to go to a place that you've just never been to. And I'm bringing the wife and kid, too. Oh, so you've got your own, like... uh Spanish translator. Uh, now I'm making an assumption of Spanish right down there. Oh gosh. Now I'm showing my ignorance. No, you're right. You got it. And, uh, I've already asked her to, uh, you know, start figuring out key phrases like where's the bathroom, you know, like how do I pay for this? <laughs> she's got that so figured out. She's been like, she's on like a, I don't know, five year streak or something. I think it's you who needs to, you need a cheat sheet. Definitely. I definitely will. I actually, arrogantly assume i'll pick a few things up pretty quick when i'm in the situation sure yeah because that's the best time to try something new right we'll see just get one of those chat ais to just say it for you a babel fish totally yeah hey chat gpt tell them what i want in a different language that's gotta be a thing i know google translate will do some of that for you too i bet siri would too i bet she'd translate for me but either way it's still clunky and embarrassing right it's so much smoother if you just understand what they're saying What am I doing? I hope it's a I hope it's a good experience. I really do. We'll see. Linux Teamster comes in with five thousand sats. Don't cancel office hours. You could change the name, sure, but it's a great show. And then you get a behind the scenes view of JB plus all the things that don't really fit into other shows. Oh, you stop. You know, the thing is, it's kind of a silly use of our time. I mean, I do enjoy it. I think <laughs> if we weren't gonna do it on the regular, I'd still try to see I'm gonna disagree with you of it being a silly use of our time. Because you I said that same thing like six months ago and you defended it. Uh-huh. So uh, I think I I'm say? just going to regurgitate what you said. <laughs> okay. It has been an extremely positive influence on like us building the website. Uh, I think we got a ton of traction through discussing, you know, the website building process here, uh, but also on the podcast 2.0 stuff. It, it has been, it's been a good test bed yet. It's been an excellent test bed. That's true. That's true. So if we're getting bored, we just got to do something crazy. <laughs> okay well let's think about it while you're here yeah okay i'm in i've I'm always in. i've always wanted to do an entire episode from the backyard or outside or something <laughs> all right be probably horrible sound quality but it's gonna be so nice i've always wanted to do that and maybe what i could do is just convince people to stop listening and then i'll be forced to cancel it so <laughs> <laughs> an interesting goal right there yeah right it's twisted it's probably not healthy <laughs> Gene Bean, pro podcaster here. Gene Bean comes in with 2048 sats. Uh, I don't have the time to do the work myself, but if anyone was interested in converting the JB site to a reusable package, I'd happily brainstorm with them. I have some thoughts about what would be needed to make it work for all involved. I'm Gene Bean in the JB Matrix, and I'm Fostodon, so reach out if you want to chat. Thank you, Gene Bean. That'd be a a really, to make it portable, I think is probably the term we're looking for, to make it a more portable site. Although, like I said last episode, you might as well wait till we get done replumbing it to read RS, RS to read the RSS feed to generate the whole site. Mm-hmm. Cause that's going to be crazy. You just point the Hugo stuff at an RSS feed with all the plumbing and it just automatically will generate the website for you. Yes, please. We're not there yet, 
but that would probably be the time to make that thing portable. That's very interesting. Then it's really, yeah. Then it's really easy. Just take that, plug your RSS feed in, generates, populates it for, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit harder than that, but that's what we're, that would be the general goal. I think I'd love to hear brainstorming on that. Uh, Brandon's bits comes in with a thousand sats. Keep the ads. They're high quality. Without them, I wouldn't have learned about Tailscale or Linode. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. I mean, it's very rare when listeners say, please don't take the ads out. And we get that. <laughs> we get that from time to time. Well, but, you know, the funniest frustrating thing is when we were bought by Linux Academy. First thing we did was took out all the ads, made everything ad free. And I, don't, I, I mean, I swear to God, if we got one email saying they liked it, I would be surprised. Nobody said anything. <laughs> Nobody. After 10 years of having ads or whatever it was, you took out all the ads from all the shows and didn't get any feedback about the it. The gift they never asked for, I guess. That's an interesting <laughs> experiment note, you know, that you have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then we put them back and it wasn't a big deal. I feel like that's a real uh, testament to the way you've been doing ads for the last 10 years. Well, so. and the sponsors, right? Like Linode is a good fit for a Linux audience. Yeah, that you're not sense. getting Raid Shadow Legends <laughs> or something like that. Right. Right. So people are not going to be annoyed because it's stuff that's relevant to them. That's the idea, right? And then it's like stuff we try to go use and have some experience with and share some anecdotes. And like, we really do use that stuff. It's crazy. I also think it's because most people understand what the ads are for. And it's not just, it's not just randomly saying these things just for the sake of it. It's for the things to exist. Now I've had people comment about having too many ads or not wanting ads, but it's very rare. Like the amount of people who actually say that, you know, like the, this theory of 1% of people will like your content in terms of like visibly engaging likes, 1% of those people will comment. And I think it's not even like a per 1% of those would be a negative comment about ads. It'd be much less than that. Like almost so minuscule, you can, it's hard to define. And that's what I think is the greatest thing about the podcasting community is that they understand the value of the ads, not only just because it's beneficial to them, but also because it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And there's so much less obnoxious than the ads on commercial radio, right? So if you're coming from commercial radio or television, it's not nearly as bad. It's, it's just, I mean, maybe some podcasts, the ones that kind of drive me crazy are like the Rogan style where they just go for like seven minutes at the beginning of the pod. And you're like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> just slam them all together. Yeah. And you're sitting there hitting forward, 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 forward. I mean, everybody's going to do that eventually. It's just, in fact, there's even a podcast player out now. I forget which one it is that lets you per podcast set a skip ahead start time. So you can just start like two minutes and 50 seconds or seven minutes into the podcast or whatever. Cause it's just so bad. Yeah. So that's not a good sign. That's not a good, what you should do is in the future, just to test it for experimental purposes is to do an ad read where you increase the volume for no apparent reason, just on the ad. Read. <laughs> oh yeah. And then also be sure to add some car alarms and some play sirens in the ads. Just so, you know, you can get that full radio feel. I think also randomly, like part of the sentence cuts to like sounding them on the telephone, you know, it's like, get that telephone compress out, you know. <laughs> so they're just, they randomly do that all the time on radio Perfect. ads. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Joe Hill comes in with our last boost, 5,000 sats and says, been enjoying office hours and I'm sending in via Albi since I don't want to switch to my darn, I don't want to switch my darn podcast app. I agree. Well done. I've been really enjoying the Albi boost. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are finding a good balance there. That's a good system. Get Albi.com. Get that topped off. Head over to the podcast index. If you manage to find office hours on there, it's usually like it's usually it usually comes up. You can boost right in from the web. 
you don't got to switch podcast apps. If you do want to try out the podcasting 2.0 stuff that's getting built out, newpodcastapps.com. You can boost right in from the playback page, which is super sweet. And if I missed your boost, let me know because we get, we're trying out a brand new, super fancy go extract the boosts, automatically categorize them, format them as markdown, and put them in the doc system. It's yeah. so glorious and it makes email feel so old and slow now. But you never know. Maybe we missed something. It's a new system. So let me know if I missed your boost. I don't think so, though. It's pretty great. I love it when Wes just comes up with little. little I know. <laughs> He's like the best thing ever. And then we've just been tweaking it over the last couple of weeks and tweaking it and tweaking it. And it's pretty great. And uh, probably, you know, all closure based knowing him. It's probably all written in closure. He loves And he's the only closure. one who understands what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet we'll have a few anecdotes from our meetup coming up on Saturday. Ah, that's true. That'll be great. We have been toying with doing some crazy stuff at that meetup that we've never yes. done before. So I won't, I won't spill mm. the beans here, but well, maybe we we'll, maybe we can cover the implementation of that, how we pulled it off in office Ooh. hours. Oh, all right. Michael, thank you for joining us and hanging out again. It was good to catch up with you. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And uh, I think from there, we're going to wrap it up. Join us. Uh, I, I'm assuming we'll have another one of these. I can't say for sure, but if you'd like to, you know, we do it live. Yeah. And thanks for being a baller, too. Brent, you're a baller. Oh, thanks. I guess that's it. I'm not even going to ask you to watch it live. Don't do it. Well, I get hooked into something, I'm just going to cancel anyways. I wouldn't do it, but it's on Jupiter Tube if you want. Slow pressure. Thanks for being here, and we'll probably see you next time. <laughs>